Welcome to the Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I am Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our students, we're losing an entire generation. And today, as always, we'll be diving headfirst into controversial subjects undaunted by political correctness. Now, speaking of political correctness, it started in the universities, and now it's banned controversial figure Alex Jones. Rather than just reiterate what has already been said about Jones, I think it's time we looked at what caused the banning and why the left looks upon it so favorably. So who is Alex Jones? Well, he's the guy that way back in 2001 um, said that 9-11 was an inside job, said that Bush did it and that the whole thing was a false flag so that we could invade Iran for oil or something like that. The, the end of the conspiracy theory didn't make it nearly as much sense. In fact, the whole thing didn't make too much sense. But regardless, it lost him a lot of what he had syndicated on many radio stations, not only in Texas where he's based in the Austin area, but across the whole United States. And he'd always been known for kind of outlandish theories but the 9-11 the one did kind of cross the line because it's quite obvious that it happened. And so really he got started to get this reputation of being a conspiracy theorist, of being uh, really falsely attributed to the right wing, and that was uh, much of the leftist media and the leftist press trying to slander the right by attaching a conspiracy theorist to him. And from that they made him out to be some sort of uh, devilish character that he was the worst thing in um, you know United States media that he was on the right and spoke for uh, you know racist whites in Texas usually is what they would say um, and it did unfortunately it, it did put a stigma around his brand called uh, Infowars and Later on, uh, this is after the unfortunate mischaracterization of Sandy Hook by him when he said that Sandy Hook didn't really happen, they were child actors, the parents were actors, uh, nobody died there. That, that idea uh, really kind of sprang forth from uh, what he had said, what he had uh, reported, and Again, it, it, it was rather unfounded, and there were some pieces of evidence. There was just enough evidence for what for what he was saying that that I don't think uh, I don't I don't think it's totally out of bounds, but it's certainly not something. It's something that must be said with a little bit more tact than he has been known for. You know, he's been uh, known for acting more like a WWE star than a, a reporter, and. That, again, like 9-11, like it, it allowed the leftist media to really attack the, attack the right using his language because he was and uh, is relatively close to uh, Trump. Trump has listened to what he said. So in their leftist derangement syndrome of them trying to attack Trump, they're going to wield the club of Alex Jones and say, oh, well, Trump listens to this crazy nut job out in Texas, and uh, that means that um, you know, Trump is a crazy nut job from New York or, or, or something like that. Um, and, and they'll relate it to things like uh, Pizzagate where he said that this uh, underground group of pedophiles that was running the DNC also um, 
is running all these pizza shops and there are these like five pizza shops in New York that form a pentagram something like that I haven't read into it too much it seems kind of ludicrous to me um, but again there's he presents just enough evidence to make you think right and so it, it's these kinds of theories that give him this the stigma and these kinds of theories that give him this kind of uh, negative persona well the other aspect he's not just a conspiracy there's the other aspect of his argument is really being against what is called globalism now this is a real ideology and this is something that uh, people are a part of this is not a conspiracy this is true and really you look at where globalism started and it's an offshoot of Marxism it's an offshoot of communism it's an offshoot of, of the radical ideologies of the late 19th, early 20th century. You look at what Vladimir Lenin thought, and Lenin thought when they created the Soviet Union that they were going to start a global revolution that would eventually turn the entire world into communism and they were going to get rid of borders and everybody would just you know, fall under the Marxist regime. Sounds a little bit familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like something we've been hearing uh, about no borders, you know, just love on each other, minus the love part with Lenin. Um, that 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 was his argument that the entire world would bend to the Soviet Union. And when he blows the whistle on this, you would think that more people would pay attention. But because of the aforementioned conspiracy theories and the way that he's been stigmatized, what happens is people start just dismiss everything he says. So when he is right about communists, when he's right about um, globalists, when he's right about a conspiracy to create, to resurrect Soviet-like conditions across the world, he's dismissed as, you know, a conspiracy theorist and he's some sort of loon. Um, but the evidence is overwhelming. And we've gotten to a little bit with the, with the finance side um, when we talk about the crime of the century. Uh, we've got into it a lot when we talk about the social side with professors in, in, in the crime of the century as well and how they've created students who are ready to accept a left-wing, a radical left-wing uh, regime. Students who are ready to accept political correctness. Uh, students who are not afraid to promote communism. Students who are not afraid to burn the American flag. They've created this so when when somebody does blow the whistle on it it's a shame he has to be stigmatized in the way that he has uh, because when he does blow the whistle on real matters on issues that might be above some people's heads but but exist when he could bring the population awareness especially in the United States when he could bring our awareness to the issue it, it is a shame that some of his earlier work and some of his less desirable aspects of his work uh, come back to bite him. Now that's the, the order of things and that's what happens when you get into the pol political sphere. So that's not uncommon. Uh, you look at he is known for attacking uh, a rich old man who hates the US known as George Soros who um, unfortunately uh, had ties to the Hungarian fascist party who was part of when he was in Hungary um, he was a part of a rich Jewish family in Hungary and obviously the 
uh, fascist regimes of Europe in the 40s were not kind to the Jewish po populace, but he did um, find and round up other Jewish people. He is not a good person. But you look at it, he is one of the sources behind funding Black Lives Matter. He's one of the funding sources behind the Occupy Wall Street protests. Um, it's not been confirmed, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had something to do with Antifa. He was indoctrinated in the 30s and in the 40s to hate the United States. They brought down his Nazi friends. The U.S. fought for freedom. The U.S. did everything that he didn't like. Uh, he's a very sadistic old man. And so you look at him being one of the f funding, uh, one of the large funding sources for the Democratic Party, and you begin to wonder, um, you know, just who they're fighting for. So uh, you look at now the society that can accept somebody being totally deplatformed. And now the internet isn't a, a utility, uh, and these companies are private companies, and I'm still on the record, and I still believe they have the right to ban anyone on their service as long as they're a private company, and I believe they should be a private company. But what I'm against is the idea of a monopoly, right? So Facebook, Twitter is more of a duopoly, but where else are you going to go for, for social media? And it has become, for, for good or ill, a social media has become a large facet of, of modern life. Fine. But do you nationalize the whole thing? That's something that I'm against, certainly. I don't think you do. But I definitely think there needs to be, much like what the U.S. government did with the oil barons in the 1920s and the 1910s, break it up. You know, fraction up uh, Facebook and Twitter because it's no longer a capitalist system if there's a monopoly or a duopoly. So you, you, you break up these unfortunate uh, uh, purveyors of information. And what I mean by that is they take someone like Alex Jones who, while there is controversy surrounding him, some of his points are more accurate than, you know, I would certainly like to believe, but, but, but he does have merit and he does have a right to speak. But as a private company, they're able to overstep that right and totally deplatform him, which is fine. if 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 they didn't own 90% of the market when it came to uh, social media. Same thing with YouTube, which is owned by Google, which is an even bigger monopoly. So really that's the issue. The issue is more of monopoly when it comes to social media, which is certainly an aspect of this issue that you have to talk about when you talk about Jones. And this all relates back to uh, the crime of the century. And, and, and let me explain how. the professors and those who create a culture, because that, that, at the end of the day, that's what the universities are now. They're not necessarily a place of higher learning with students due to societal pressure and uh, you know, uh, media pressure are being forced to really go into these universities, go into debt. They become more of a cultural center, a center where uh, productive members of society uh, are supposed to go, right? So you force these students to go in there and then you create from these professors who are f in a, f a five to one margin all the way on the left. 
and you create these students who are ready to ban anyone and everyone that doesn't agree exactly with what they say. You see this when uh, Ben Shapiro goes to speak at uh, a university and he's called a Nazi. Right, he's not George Soros, he's not a Nazi Jew. And uh, when Steven Crowder gets up and they, they shout him down too and they call him a racist and whatever words they want to throw at him. And the very idea that a cultural center could create a populace in a culture that supports what uh, what really happened and what really is a collusion case with Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and all that. Um, and it, you see their ability to create an American populace that accepts that, that really is the crime of the century. <laughs>